0: The following program is an exclusive Disruption Networks production. Help the D make strides against breast cancer by donating to our Real Men Wear Pink page, maine.acsevents.org backslash Utica. It's important for us as a whole to help raise awareness, education, and do our part to help fight this horrible disease. The Disruption team will be raising funds at upcoming events and all our daily programming. Please support our cause by donating a few dollars to our Real Men Wear Pink page. To learn more, visit maine.acsevents.org backslash utica or follow the donation link on our facebook page help the d save the bees and put an end to breast cancer
1: thank you for your service you're welcome a comedy benefit show for our veterans in support of the central new york veterans outreach center on November 10th at Wakely's 700 Varick Street, Utica, join Disruption Network as they team up with 92.7 FM The Drive for this night of laughter. The evening will be hosted by Genesee Joe from The Drive. Performance is by Mike Ciccone, Paul Kozlowski, Cortland Kloos, Mike Pileggi, and DJ Ease One. Admission is by donation only. Please bring clothes, socks, gloves, non-perishable food items, or a small monetary donation. All donations will go to the Central New York Veterans Outreach Center. Saturday, November 10th at Wakeley's on Varick Street. Doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 8 p.m. Thank you for your services sponsored by the D, 92.7 FM The Drive, Barber Barbershop, Nye Volkswagen of Rome, Frank's Guns, and Central New York Seal Coating and Concrete. So you just bought your
2: dream home, and now it's time to move. Let's face it, nobody likes to move. All the packing, unpacking, lifting, upstairs, downstairs, and breaking everything, including your back. Let the professionals at EJA Moving Company take all the stress and pain out of your move. Competitively priced moving relocation services, office moves, and complete packing and unpacking services. They work with everybody to make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate. Call EJA Moving Company at 315-335-0516. When it's time to relocate, have EJA Moving do all the work for you.
3: Hit them up online, ejamoving.com. Hey, Disruption Network. This is Mike Sacco, the general manager at Nye Volkswagen of Rome. If you don't know me by name, it's only because you have not received the best deal. There's only one reason to leave Utica, and that's to come see me in Rome and get the best deal on your next new, pre-owned, or certified VW. Mention that you heard this ad from Disruption Network and receive $250 off your next vehicle purchase. You'll know why our customers say, I love my Nye VW. Come see us at 5865 Rome Tabor Road in Rome or visit us online at 9VWofRome.com.
4: The Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley was born when three top producing agents with over 25 years of combined experience selling real estate joined forces to take real estate to the next level. We practice with honesty, integrity and the knowledge to help make the buying and selling process easy and stress-free for all of our clients. We pledge to always make our clients our top priority from start to finish and even after the house is closed. We will always be a valued resource for information and assistance for our buyers and sellers. Our customers over the years have become not only past clients but great friends. As we join hands together as the Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley, we look forward to serving our clients and our community and making a positive difference. You can reach us at 315-601-9630 for all of your real estate needs.
0: The Disruption Network is making moves. For upcoming events, news, interviews, and new daily programming, keep in the loop with us at DisruptionNetwork.net. Like, follow, and subscribe to all our social media. And check out all our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Get up on the D, to Disruption Network.net. Welcome to EC Radio Podcast. We would like to thank all of our sponsors for joining the Disruption team, and we hope that you will support all of our sponsors. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this program.
3: Disruption Networks.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. How are ya? It's a twisty Tuesday here on EC Radio. We're twisted up on Yerba Mate and CBD today. Ha! It's going down in my world. How are you today? Of course, you can follow along on our, all our social media. And of course, at Mondays, disruptionnetwork.net. Yeah, dude excited for today's guest. My guest today is a behind-the-scenes type of guy. And you can see him behind the scenes. Well, you won't really see him behind the scenes, but it's behind the scenes such as Lucas Lock-In, Governor's Ball, where I had the pleasure of meeting and working with him. You
1: can
2: find him online and go for business Management. In this, everybody, how you doing, buddy? Wait, it would help if I unmuted you, huh? There you go.
5: Am I muted?
2: Yeah, not anymore. Technical difficulties that always happen on the show. Dindis. So, uh, welcome to my world. How and you doing, buddy?
5: That, and we did that uh, high tech uh, line check beforehand.
2: <laughs> <you>? <laughs> super high tech for sure, man. It's good to see you, man. You got to be an excited Boston Red Sox fan right now.
5: Yeah, let's start there. Uh, Let's go (laughs) socks. Yeah. I I know. Hey, you know, look, you met me in a position where I was a very unpopular sports fan as a Jets fan in the middle of Buffalo, you know, early season football. Uh, I've made a career of being an uh, unpopular sports fan, being a New Yorker who likes the Sox. But these are the days that make it all worthwhile.
2: How does that happen? You live in, you grew up in New York, correct? Born and raised. Born and raised in New York. How do you become a Red Sox fan born and raised in New York?
5: I'll I'll give you there. There's a story. I'll give you the really quick story because it's not that interesting. But there is a story. Um, My dad was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. When you were a Brooklyn Dodger fan back in the 50s, you were taught to hate the Yankees.
1: Uh
5: Uh, I I was born in the 70s. I was instructed by my father to hate the Yankees. So in the 70s, if you hate the Yankees, you know, you're a Red Sox fan. and You're a Met fan. Uh, The Mets weren't very good. The Red Sox were also not very good, but at least had hope. So, you know, I saw Carlton Fisk hit a home run. Uh, That made me a Red Sox fan. Uh, Bucky Denton hit a home run, and I got my ass kicked by my friend Brad's older brother, Mitch, um, for being a Red Sox fan. That was 1978, and here we are all these years later. And, uh, you know, we've won, uh, you know, three World Series in the last uh, 12 years, 15 years. And uh, I'm looking for a fourth starting tonight.
2: For me, this World Series is like deciding if I want chlamydia or syphilis. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> okay, that, that's fair, but I want to know which the Sox are
2: Actually, to be honest with you, I, I'm going to watch the game And I'm a baseball purist, I love the game of baseball I grew up, I had cousins that played in the, in Major League Baseball And I grew up loving baseball So I am a f- baseball fan And there is, you, you you can't deny the fact that the Boston Red Sox were the best team all year You can't, and I really don't see the Dodgers beating them
5: yeah, that, that's where, you know, as a Red Sox fan, I can get into a lot of trouble really quickly by making statements like that. Um, yeah, the Red Sox were the best team this year. I, I thought the Astros were the one team that could beat them. But, you know, you're in a seven game series. You got Clayton Kershaw. I'm not going to jump ahead of anything. Um, I like my chances. Uh, let's go back a second, though. Who who are your cousins who played Major League Baseball?
2: Arky Sanfranco. He's a local guy who played for the San Diego Padres. In fact, he was on the '98 Padres team when they played the Yankees in the World Series. He got one at bat in the World Series.
5: That's impressive. Yeah. See, that's things I didn't know about you. That's that's <laughs> impressive. I mean, look, man, if 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 our lineup can can produce one through nine, I mean, when your uh, AL uh, Championship Series MVP is your number nine hitter, mm-hmm. uh, and your and your top three hitters are the top two hitters in baseball, I like my lineup. You know, if Chris Dale can stay healthy and if David Price can pitch like he did last game, uh, you know, we'll be having some fun in about
2: six days. The one thing I can say about the Red Sox, and growing up not like, liking the Red Sox, I'm not going to use the word hate. I, I don't like when they use the word hate. Like I hate that player or whatever. But I, dis, I used to dislike like Manny Ramirez and dislike Pedro Martinez. I disliked Veritek. But I could say on this team, there's really not too many guys I dislike. Mookie Betts is a stud. The kid is amazing. I like Bogarts. And Ben Detene, he's a, he's a Hard-nosed player He digs to the ground I mean There's some really good players The only player I really do Dislike is Stephen Pierce But he's not really A typical Red Sox To me he still plays For the Devil Rays or Tampa Bay
5: I mean that was the thing For me growing up Watching those teams Like you know The Dewey Evans Jim Rice Butch Hobson, Jerry Remy teams Those were great teams That you wanted to root for Those were Boston Red Sox teams And then like you know The teams that won I mean I love Pedro And I love Poppy And I like Tech But like you know Man Manny's the kind of guy that you're happy when you're on when he's on your team and you can do without him. Uh but this, yeah, you're right. This this is a team to get behind and it was a really good, fun regular season watching them do what they, they did. And I mean, look, seven games, anything can happen, but uh, you know, let's get at it.
2: Yeah. I'm just hoping to see some good baseball and I'm definitely gonna pay attention. The Dodgers I can't really Which is your dad still a Dodger fan?
5: No, no, no. When they moved, he uh he, he said, Walter O'Malley, great line from my dad. He said, uh, the three w- worst people in the history of the world were Hitler, Hitler, Mussolini, and, uh, and Walter O'Malley for moving the Dodgers. Um, but, no, he's a Met fan now. And he, he uh, roots for the Red Sox because he likes to see his kid happy. Um, but, uh, I mean... The LA Dodgers and the Brooklyn Dodgers are two totally different animals.
2: Indeed. And the thing that surprises me too is the Red Sox and the Dodgers are meeting for the first time in the World Series. You would have thought this happened years and years ago, but I think
5: 1915 was the last time they, they played for a championship and the, the the Dodgers weren't the Dodgers yet. They were something else. Um, but hundred hundred years.
2: Look at you pulling out the years. I love, yeah. I love it. You got the I number pay attention. You got the number thirty one hanging out over over the top of your head. What's happening with that?
5: Uh, <laughs> uh, well, if you're dyslexic, it's 13, and it would celebrate the, uh, the most recent birthday of my now teenage daughter. Uh, but 31, I, you know, if I were a little bit quicker, I'd come up with some great Red Sox 31, but uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But it, it's a cool visual just for the back of the, the, uh, the thing here, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the silver balloons, I dig it.
2: <laughs> it's almost like you've got a, like a halo over your head.
5: I, I always
2: have a halo over my head, you know that. <laughs> So, then I want to switch it up a little bit, man. I want to talk a little bit about your background and, and like y- what you do and everything that you're doing out there in the music industry. So, let's start, like, growing up. You don't grow up thinking, yeah, I want to be a production manager. What did you want to be when you were growing up? A fireman? A fireman.
5: I mean, doesn't everybody, Yeah, no. I had a fire in, in Queens. I had a firehouse down the block from me. I'd go down and sit on the thing. I'd go down the pole. That was as good as life got. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I wanted to be a lot of things. I went to school you know, and studied political science. I worked in government for a while, but like I grew up going to concerts and I will give my parents 100 percent of the credit for this. Uh, you know, some of my earliest memories are seeing Pete Seeger at Carnegie Hall or seeing David Bromberg at the Philadelphia Folk Festival. Um, so I, I, really did grow up going to concerts and grew up with my dad's record uh, collection. Um, and you know, you go to concerts, you hear music, you don't really know what goes into it. You know, you see a concert, everybody shows up and there's a concert. Uh, you don't really see the other side or figure it out. I, you know, I was also lucky in the mid eighties, my, uh, my uncle owned a limousine company and one of his clients was, uh, Eric Clapton. Oh, wow. So anytime Clapton came to New York, he would. He would drive Eric. And, you know, being at that point, 14, 15, 16 year old, you know, Uncle Mike, hey, you know, you need somebody to help you out. So I would go and I would, you know, I got to meet Phil Collins and I got to meet Keith Richards and I got to see a little bit of, you know, what that world was backstage. Um, But again, you know, didn't really know that that's what I wanted to do. Um, And then it became a deadhead and spent way too much time and money and brain cells, you know, in the, in the, you know, not, not now where it's, you know, you go to, you go on fish tour and it's like, you know, the world is your oyster. Like this was like the late eighties, you know, this was the Reagan era USA. And, you know, we're walking around with no shoes and like Chicago with tie-dyes on, this was like hardcore. Um, and I saw that. And again, the lifestyle, the, the, the nomadic thing was great. and, and, And I really, um, so I was always drawn to it, the the community, especially the deadheads, you know, because we were this like little group of people in the of liberal hippie people in this, you know, cold hard country we're living in. Um, you know, that was something that that really also you know attracted me besides the music, but the sense of community, and that's kind of what I do now. You know, at some point I, I duck behind the curtain and. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned political science. I used to get involved in campaigns from when I was in high school through college, uh, after college. And I realized that, you know, running campaigns and running artists' careers, doing artist management, was a very similar thing, um, you know, in terms of getting people out on the road and disseminating information and grassroots, uh, you know, communication, all of that. Um, so I went from politics to, to artists in, uh, you know, at the beginning of my career and uh at some point you know, i was around enough shows that i realized like that's what that was it for me it was always that moment you know you go to a concert and you know you stand around with your friends for 45 minutes you're waiting for the show to start and then the lights go down and the crowd gets a little bit crazy and all that that moment that moment of like anticipation on the crowds and and anticipation with the band to me that's it that's still it you know like And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a part of that moment. You know, my guitar playing was never going to get me on the stage at the garden. (laughs) But but my skills at putting together events and and doing what I do has. And, you know, when you're on the stage at the garden and the lights go down and 18,000 people start to scream and you turn around, and you see the band getting pumped and walking on. Man, the best thing about music is that it it is limitless. You know, there there's no um, there's no language other than it's the musical language itself that has, uh, barriers. And, you know, you go to one of the festivals that we work on and you'll meet people from all over the world who speak all kinds of languages and that they're there for this common cause this common calling of the music. And to be able to make a living doing that and sharing that, uh, is really special. And, and it's something that I've been lucky enough to be able to kind of set myself up to do. Um, and, and I'm very grateful for it.
2: It's the one thing I love about the jam scene. It's so communal, and it, it just, like, it brings together so many great, awesome people. I've met so many great friends through the music industry. And i got to give a lot of love to the whole Grateful Dead community, the Fish community. Just I've met some great people through it. Let me I'll get a little bit of feedback there. But anyways, um, take me through your first show. What was the first show you ever put on or you ever worked?
5: Uh, I don't know if I remember the first show. I mean, the first thing that i was really involved in um that that really you know kind of felt like my own were the jammy awards okay um, pete, pete shapiro's jammies um it started its first year at irving plaza uh and then went to roseland uh and then went to the theater at, at msg and you know basically part of pete's brilliance and this was like the precursor to Lockin, was putting together random uh, uh pairings of artists you know who else thinks hey there are the disco biscuits there's Travis Tripp. I'm gonna put the two of them together, and it's gonna be awesome. You know, that's only Shapiro can do that. And you know, whether it was um, you know Ryan Adams playing with Phil Lesh, and you know, kind of at the beginning of the Phil and Friends thing, um, or John Mayer and Buddy Guy, uh, that was something that you know was ours because it came from the Wetlands. And you know, the Wetlands was a formative time for me. It's where I met Pete. It's where I started going at the end of high school, at the beginning of college. And it just opened. I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but um, the wetlands was talking about community. There was nothing better than the community at the wetlands. Again, you know, this was the Giuliani era, uh, New York city. And to have a place where you could go downstairs and stay till four in the morning, listening to, you know, uh, conehead Buddha or jiggle the handle, you know, and smoking weed (laughs) and, you know, just, you know, telling your parents, Hey, I'm going to someplace in the city and like walking in and seeing the VW bus. And, you know, I was from Westchester and there were kids from the city and there were kids from the Island. And we were all like, Oh wait, there are people like us all over the place. So the wetlands kind of begot, you know, begot the, um, the jammies and the jammies, you know, then kind of morphs, uh, into lock-in and yeah, it's all about what you just said. It's the, the people who are, uh, that you can connect with and the, and the things that can be done around music, uh, That, you know, you you walk into a party and you say, hey, you and you go do something over there. People are going to say, what are you talking about? But if you walk into a party and there are two guitar players and say, you and you take your guitars and go over there, people are going to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's the good stuff. I mean, that's as you just said, you know, how many friends do you have uh, because of the scenes that we've been exposed to Um, that you just, you know, you, you can be friends at a sporting event, but then you go home. You know, you go to a dead show together in the old days, like, you know, you get your phone number, which is like the phone on the wall with the dial on it, you know, like, and then, you you know, or you get an address and you'd mail your friend a copy of the tape in Chicago. Like, those are the things that uh, that stick and they're all around music. And uh, I mean, to be honest, they're also in some way around, you know, somewhat of a political view of the world. But, you know, the 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 real part is music. And it's what. It's what goes through.
2: The scene was so much different back in the 90s. You brought up the the 90s and hanging out at the wetlands. as the pre-internet days, if you will. I feel like it was a tighter community back then. Do you agree? Yeah, it was a deeper community. I mean, because
5: as much as you know the phone calls or the letters like the the <laughs> genesis of the relationship that you made with people from that scene at that time was spending time with them right sitting next to them at a show mm-hmm. or meeting them you know at set at separate at section you know 212 or whatever it was there was a physical being you know associated with this um that you could then take home and spread and then you know you would look forward to seeing again now it's you know, you're doing couch tour and you're texting somebody who's watching it, but there's no real connection, right? You know, it, there's, you know, I'm very fond of, you know, in in talking to friends and family, there's a digital connection and then there's an actual connection. Actual connection means you have to be in the same place at the same time. And that's what we had then. And that was this thing about, you know, about tour, you know, I would go to a show at, at the garden in New York city. And then, you know, two months later, I'd get on a train and go to a show at the Henry Kaiser in Oakland and when you see that guy or that girl that you saw in New York and you didn't talk to in between because you had no way to that, reu- you know, the, the reuniting there, uh, some of the best lot minutes of moments in the world. And you still see it on Fish door a little bit, yeah. you know, is when, you know, you see two friends who haven't seen each other in six months and they haven't talked and then they're back in their place together. That's I mean, that's the human experience. Um, so, yeah, it's much deeper now. I, you know, it's you know, we, we joke about how did we do it back then? How did we all meet up? Yeah, you know, when we didn't have cell phones or text True. to tell us where to meet, but you know what, man, we did it. Mm-hmm. You know, we we all seemed to show up at you know Alpine Valley and see each other somehow.
2: There was these things called message boards. Remember the message boards? Of course, <laughs> you'd leave a message for your friend and let them know where you're camping at and or where you're staying or where your car's parked, and you caught up with your people that way. And of course, just by random chance of luck, bumping into them in the parking lot, of course, too. Yeah,
5: or, or the you know the, the great irony of all time was in, you would meet up with your friends at set break to go to the wharf rat table so that you could meet up and go get high. <laughs> but that's you know, that's a whole other different <laughs> set of irony. But yeah, I mean, we made it happen. Yeah. And the relationships that you have, I mean, you know, again, not to date myself, but the people who I saw dead shows with, I have a different relationship than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Whether it's stronger or deeper or better, I'm not going to say. I'm just going to say it's different
2: yeah I fully agree on that then just take me give me a a good pinch me moment pinch me I can't believe my career has taken me to this moment right here like I can't believe I'm doing this right now
5: I have so many man i you know it's really great. I mean we'll start with the dead you okay. know the the fact that you know I was involved you know again growing up and seeing the dead from the regular side, you know, the, the everyday side, Uh, and then, you know, being able to be Phil Lesh's promoter rep in and, 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 you know, for a year and a half and get to know him, um, or do shows with, with all the guys, uh, get to know Bobby a little bit. Um, I mean, grateful that 50 fairly well, I don't know if there's a bigger pinch me moment. I mean, you know, Pete involved me in that, uh, as, as he often does. Um, and, you know, we 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 were giggling, you know, in Chicago uh, before, <laughs> b- you know, before the, the lights, w- before the sun went down. Um, you know, it's Soldier Field in Chicago where Jerry had played his last show. And we're you know part of the crew that is bringing this to the world. Um, you know, my my beyond pinch me moment is I ended up watching the last three songs of the last show of the, you know, that iteration of the Grateful Dead. Uh, at front of house with my all-time idol Bill Murray. Uh, I had met Bill a few times uh, at different shows, and we met up at uh, in Chicago, and we 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 were hanging out, and he was with a couple friends, and he said, "Hey man, where should we go watch the end?" And I walked out, and uh, you know I was standing there, you know, looking at a couple of my friends and a couple of the Dead crew, and looking at Bill Murray, and I was like, "How the hell did I get here?" <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, another pinch-me moment. Um, one of my true loves musically is Wilco. uh, And I have gotten the opportunity over the past decade to work with them very closely. I'm the production manager at Solid Sound, which will come back this year for a 2019 version. Um, And I guess it was the third year, um, the band that we had on the stage before Wilco, or excuse me, the closing band on Sunday was Levon Helms band, the Ramble band. And there was a moment at the end where, um, all of the guys at Wilco came out. So it was, um, you know, Glenn, the drummer from Wilco, playing with Levon, who was one of his heroes. Uh, and, you know, Jeff and John Surratt, you know, kind of on the front line playing with the guys and doing um, the, the weight and a couple of other things. And I'm standing on, uh, you know, the stage with my kid, who at that point was probably seven or eight, um, you know, watching probably the best person I've ever known in this business in Levon Helm. And, you know, you know, something I I grew up with the last waltz as much as anything Uh, playing with the guys who I now work for. um, That's a moment that I'll never forget. There's actually a picture of me that somebody has uh, with me with my arm around my kid stage right watching this all happen. And there's a look on my face and I I think I can actually see happiness, um, (laughs) which which is hard. You know, it's I'm a pretty straight faced guy when I'm at work, but. Uh, there have been, you know, I, 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 there are so many moments that, you know, what I learned, what I've learned recently, you know, and I've been doing this for a while and it's only recently, you know, it's not about chasing the next moment or figuring out what the best thing is. It's just enjoying it all, man. You know, we get to do something that, you know, the, the 20,000 people on the other side of the, of the barricade would probably, you know, kill to do. And, you know, sometimes it's the big show that makes you you know, realize it's all worthwhile. And sometimes it's the little show, the hard little show that you need to put together. I just did a show with the Decemberists at a wedding in in, (laughs) somewhere around Albany. It was the first time they'd ever done a wedding. And it was, you know, one of these things that nobody was sure how it was going to work out. And the set was so great that they, they never really do encores. And they came back and they did like a six set, a six song set of covers you know, Blister in the Sun, and Champagne Supernova. And there were maybe 300 people, 200 people there. It wasn't a big moment, but it was, again, one of these moments where the band was having fun and the, this family was having fun. And I was just standing there saying, hey, man, every day there's there's a new challenge, and every day there's a new uh, experience. And almost every day there's something that I can count myself lucky to see.
2: That's great, man, working weddings and different events. What are some of your uh, favorite events to work? Like, do you have any... Particulars like I love working this festival every year or that one. Give me a couple of those.
5: I mean the top three, I, you know, without really thinking, you know, would be Lockin, mm-hmm. Gov Ball, and Solid Sound. Um, Lockin, it's you know, it's Pete and day Fries. It's something that you know I've been involved with since you know day negative um, <laughs> two, and you know it's ours and it's changed a lot and it's gotten. You know it got worse before it got better um and this year was just the best year we've had and it was really great and solid sound is you know it's done in an art museum in massachusetts mass mocha the massachusetts museum of contemporary art so you have you know a rock show with one of the best bands in the world and you walk you know 20 feet over here and you're in a you know no shit like world-class art facility um so that's always a a a, a twist and you know my family's always there for that one and then gov ball is my hometown show um you know i'm the main stage manager there and you know i've always said to my friends any show that i can you know wake up in my own bed and go do and then go to sleep in my own bed you know i call that my uber show i'll take (laughs) but like there's something about gov ball um you know they're uh, they're of all the big shows you know the 50,000 person um, downtown urban shows, the Lollapaloozas and the um, you know the the ACLs. There's just a personality of all that uh, you know. My friends who who run it, uh, um, Jen Styles uh, and Tom and Jordan, the the, the founders guys. They just there's such an attention to detail and such an attention to you know this is New York and we want to show you know make this a microcosm of what New York is about. You know there is Everything that you can think of, and, and I don't want to say no expense is spared because obviously it's a business, but everything's done right. Um, and, you know, when you have, uh, you know, when your your second uh, support slot is lured a couple of years ago and we have to get her out in a huge oversized fish tank, so she, you know, a hydro- hydraulic fish tank so that she can go all over stage, and then we have to turn that around in an hour and get Chance the Rapper and all of his puppets out there, <laughs> um you know it's it's a it's about as challenging as you can get because again no expenses spared you know some festivals will come and say come in and you know here's our lighting package here's our video wall use it uh gov ball is like hey man if you travel with something we want to give our fans your show um so there you know we have you know sometimes five or six lighting rigs in the air at once and it's hard but um we get it done and there's an accomplishment that you feel at the end of that, that's really special. And then I get to go home, so it's great.
2: (laughs) The Uber show, I like that. How about the strangest event you've ever worked?
5: Um, The strangest? We we did a TV show for... um, uh, It was the National Network in China. I can't remember what it was called. Um, But it was... I mean, Harry Connick Jr., and Wyclef Jean were the two kind of like Western stars. And then there were a bunch of, you know, kind of Eastern stars and Chinese stars. Um, and it was a big production. Uh, it was at, um, it was in New York at the Hammerstein when they were still b- doing big shows at Hammerstein. But like, man, I, I, you, you would think that there are certain things about a production that, you, that are universal, the way, you know, music, you know, uh, a major chord is universal there was nothing i mean it it was literally like you know the english-speaking team and the chinese speaking team and there was no anything there there was no there was no connection there was no commitment it was just weird uh and you know like every other show we pulled it off but like you know that was one of the ones where you know i I was calling the show in a suit and i sat down at the end of the show and i kind of loosened my tie and i looked at my uh uh, my partner and the guy who brought me in, and I said, what the hell just happened? <laughs> we're still not sure.
2: <laughs> it's kind of hard to have a communication barrier, right? When Communicate a little bit when there's a language barrier. It
5: was a, it was part language barrier, but also just, you know, I I, I kind of feel that if the language had not been an issue, that it still would have been completely messed up. Just the way they were doing things as the way we were doing things. Um, it was it was almost like bizarro world, you know, where, where everything that you know you thought you would see would be turned around one eighty. Um, it was, you know, I don't know. I've never been to China, and uh, I'm not sure that I'm going to go. But uh, it was it was something.
2: Dennis, who are some of your favorite bands to work with? Some of your favorite artists?
5: Um, favorite bands are. I mean, it, it's hard because you know, there are so many of them now that are friends yeah. that it's it's just about the relationships. You know, Umfrey M- McGee. You know, I'm not the biggest Umphreys fan in the in the world musically. You know, I'm a big Zappa fan and I love what they do in terms of, you know, how they play. Um, they, they're not what I put on, you know, at the end of the night when I come home. But like, if I'm doing a festival and Umphreys is on the, uh, on the bill, you know, I'm thrilled because mm-hmm. it's family. Yeah. And you know, w- when you ask somebody like, me you know who are the bands that you most like working with part of that is who are the crews you you most like working with right um you know because i'll spend you know 12 hours in a day with a crew and i'll see the band for 90 minutes when they show up and play their show um you know so a lot of it you know it's 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 that it's you know it's the people that you're working with on your side um but i mean wilco is one of them for sure um, Jason Isbell is one of them, again, you know, somebody who I love working with government mule, um, you know, Warren and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, and that whole, again, that's family, mm-hmm. you know, Steph, uh, and, and, uh, Danny and Jorgen. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, there are a lot, there are a lot more people that I love working with and. Bands I try and avoid. So I, I think, I guess that means I'm doing something right. <laughs>
2: Are there any bands up and coming that you're high on right now?
5: I don't know. I don't listen to music anymore. It's no. time to listen to music. <laughs> um, you don't listen I to music mean, when yeah. you're on the bike? It's, it's been said about me that uh, I hate people and I hate music, so I'm absolutely in the right industry. <laughs> um, and there's a little bit of truth to it. Um, True. Yeah, I listen to music on the bike all the time, but that's you know that's more about just you know the beat and the you know I listen to a lot of Foo Fighters, you know, and a lot of Rage just because I need to get that uh, that driving thing. Um, I mean, you know, young bands. I don't know about young bands. Like uh, you know, Courtney Barnett is you know, she just put out her second record. I was supposed to go see her last night and, and have it. I think she's a genius. Um, I really do. Um, you know, there are you know, as soon as uh, we get off this thing, I'll think of ten people of that are sort of should have mentioned, but, uh, you know, without homework, I'm not really sure.
2: Right on brother. If you could go back in time and give yourself some advice, what would you give yourself advice on?
5: Don't do drugs. <laughs> no. All right. Um, no that works. You mean re- you mean realistically? <laughs> no, I, I, no, I think I should have done more drugs for a shorter period of time. That's what I would have told myself. You know, I, you know, I, I should have left all the drugs only in my twenties and done, all that I could have without killing myself. No. Um, (laughs) you know what, honestly, um, and I don't think I've ever thought about this this way or, um, said it out loud in this kind of way, but probably I would have gone back 15 years or 20 years. I would have said, believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, believe in the fact, you know, my dad had a great line once that he, he saw that I was good at this you know, at, at, at running this and that, you know, I was destined to own a company and so, you know, he, or that was my plan at, at the time. And he said, you know, you're great at it and you love it. Now you just have to figure out a way to, you know, make a living off of it because, you know, I, you know, I can want to be the, you know, I can be a great goaltender, but I'm not going to make, you know, the Rangers, so I'm not going to get paid off of it. Um, So having the the belief that, that I could, take my passion and make it into something that would pay my bills and and give me a comfortable life for myself and my kid. Um, I think that's something everybody has to be willing to tell themselves at an early age, because I I think there's, you know, part of our society has, you know, made narcissism, uh, you know, such a terrible thing. And, and, and it is at, at a certain point, but, you know, having confidence in yourself and believing in yourself and saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. And it's going to be hard. And I'm going to, you know, have missteps, but, um, you know, it's worth it. It's worth the hard work and it's worth believing yourself. And you know what, if it doesn't work out, something else will come along, but you know, you only live once and life is short. You can, you know, any, any, uh, trite, uh, saying you want, but it's all true. So, you know, give yourself a shot to succeed. And, you know, I, I think I have that I have that feeling now, and, and I've gotten that over the past several years. Um, I wonder what I would have been like if I really believed that when I was 27.
2: I got to ask you my Michael, my Michael K. question, and that is if you're ever trapped in a foxhole, who would you want to be trapped in a foxhole with? You got the enemy coming at you. Who's got your back in that foxhole?
5: Uh, somebody I know or anybody in history?
2: Uh, whoever you feel is going to help you get out of that foxhole. Alive. <laughs> huh. Wow, that,
5: that that's interesting. I don't know if I've been asked that one either. Um, if I'm looking to get out alive, it's different than if I'm you know fatalistic and saying, well, you know, who do I want for the last couple of minutes? Um, Copy that. Uh, uh huh. I need more information meaning you know <laughs> All is, right, this so brute, is, is, is this a brute strength question like do I want John
2: Wayne You're you know, in, you're trapped or, in a foxhole with the enemy coming at you right now and you need to get out of that foxhole who is your tag team partner getting out of that foxhole Kurt Vonnegut Kurt Vonnegut the pitcher Yeah the uh the author
1: <laughs> Okay
5: the uh, he, he he was uh he's about as smart of a person as I've ever met. Uh, he saw war fast firsthand, and he would not have fought off the enemy uh, the enemy, but he probably would be as good as anybody at finding a back door out of that foxhole and get get into safety.
2: Gotcha. So Kurt Kurt hey, who
5: Kurt Vonnegut taking away. He wrote a book called Slaughterhouse Five about uh, the Second World War and the air raids in Dresden. Uh. It's uh, if you haven't read it man it's a, it's a must read.
2: I oh, will well, d- definitely check that out. Another question I ask a lot of like the jam scene people is would you rather be shady or sketchy?
5: I can't be heady?
2: No, shady or sketchy, no heady. <laughs> You're already heady.
5: I'd rather I'd rather be <laughs> sketchy.
2: You'd rather be sketchy. Ske-
5: sketchy is just like kind of off and crazy. Shady has like a dark evil connotation to it i don't want to be shady
2: you don't want to be shady you'd rather no. be sketchy to me sketchy yeah. sketchy is shady on drugs though
5: well i don't do drugs anymore so <laughs> i'm good yeah I, that worked out nicely for me
2: badgers checking in and he's saying he'd vote for badge he'd vote for billy yeager to be in that foxhole with <laughs>
5: Jaeger Ye- would build another foxhole on top of the foxhole and distract everybody else. Yeah, he not like, a bad one. He'd... I mean, it depends. You know, if if uh, if Jaeger uh, if Jaeger's stomach is okay and he gets checked out by a doctor, yeah, m- maybe. But yeah,
2: <laughs> I can see that, Ye- guy, Ye- I, I be... don't know if
5: he's at his fighting weight right now.
2: Jaeger <laughs> would be digging tunnels. I could see that for sure. Oh, oh,
5: sure. <laughs> you either may be digging a tunnel right now as we speak for no good reason <laughs> you may
2: be digging one. no doubt Dennis, this where do you see in the next where do you see you in the next 10 years
5: um where do i see me well you know i'll have four more red sox world series if <laughs> everything keeps going um you know uh you know it's funny i, I i'm building a company and um you know, I, I, love it. And, you know, the company starting to get bigger. Uh, go for It's, you, you had it, uh, almost right. g 4 com is the, is the, uh, current URL. Um, gotcha. and, and I think that, you know, I, I think I want to be building this company. I think I do I want to be putting on bigger shows and more meaningful shows. We do a lot of stuff that is, you know, either charity based or not for profit. Um, a lot of cause stuff. And I want to be doing that. Um, and then in about 10 years, you know, it's interesting you said 10. If you'd said five, I would have said exactly this answer. Ten years, I think I'm getting close to uh you know wrapping it all up and moving somewhere where all all I need to do is ride my bike. Retirement. Uh, I don't think I'll ever retire. I, I get way too edgy for that. I mean, I'll have to be a consultant or put on one or two shows a year, but like, you know, possibly out of the you know the day-to-day Grind of of running a company, especially in New York. Uh, you yeah, know, I'm a New Yorker through and through. But maybe someday I'll find myself a little hill to ride up and down.
2: My friend, you're in this to you drop.
5: <laughs> you're like yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, but it sounded nice, didn't it? It yeah. sounded like I almost sold it. Like you know, there's something else out there. But yeah, you're right. I'll ten years from now, I'll be on this, uh, you know, on this tenth anniversary podcast with you.
2: There you go. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. If Write you, it down. In the if you need anything too, as far as promo goes or whatever, please keep me in the loop, man. I'd love to help you out any way I can. Uh, speaking of promo, can you promo any upcoming events that you have going on?
5: Well, the big one is, uh, is Christmas Jam. It's the 30th anniversary of Warren Haynes' Christmas Jam down in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, tickets are actually going on sale this Friday. Um, it is the most meaningful show I do every year. Um, we have over the past, uh, I've been the producer of the show for a decade. Um, we have, uh, there's now basically a neighborhood in Asheville, North Carolina that we have built, 21 homes. Um, so 21 families. Wow have homes that's awesome because of the you know event that we put on i give a speech to the troops every year i mean you know most of the time we're doing this for a promoter we're doing this for you know a friend who's has some money and wants to put on a concert but this show is really it gives it an amazing ability to change people's lives we build a house for somebody last year and this year when we go down there we're going to meet that family and they like they'll take like a two by four and they'll sign it and say, thank you and stuff. So, I mean, take what we, you know, all of the cool things about what we do and then add in this aspect of changing somebody's life, taking somebody who is down on their luck or for whatever reason, finds themselves without a home for their families. And we go down there and we work for a year and we raise money so that Habitat for Humanity can um, can build them a house. I don't know what's better than that. I really don't. Um, this year it's the 30th, it's two nights instead of the usual one night. We have Dave Grohl coming down to play his new uh, thing, Play, with an all-star band. We have Eric Church, we have uh, government Mule doing Dark Side of the Mule. We have uh, Jim James and a band, Mike Gordon, Grace Potter, Marco Benevento, Joe Bonamassa. Um, I mean, you, know, you can go to uh, christmasjam.com, um, that's the the last thing that we'll be doing between now and the end of the year. And it's my favorite thing to do. Cause we really, we, we end the year with this and then we go into the holiday season and, um, you know, it, it, it's an emotional thing uh, and it, it and it's a really, really great event. And it's something that, you know, my relationship with Warren and with, uh, Steph Scamardo and Jay bow have, uh, allowed me to grow in that, uh, event from helping out the first year in some small club to now running it for, for 10 years. Uh, and, you know, picking a staff to come and, and dedicate themselves to do it. Uh, it's really great. It's uh, it, it's something that I will never forget. Um, and that is uh, December 7th and 8th this year. So if you want to come to Asheville, uh, go buy tickets this weekend. Uh, excuse me, on Friday. They're going to go real fast and come down and, and experience what the show's about, because it's it's really about as special a thing as I'm involved in.
2: That's going to make you feel wonderful walking out of that event when it's over, huh?
5: Yeah, tired because Warren likes to play till 3 a.m. every night. But yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it ends on a Saturday and usually I fly home uh, Monday and Sunday. You just kind of walk around town and you go up and you go to the Hudson Hills, which is uh, Stephen Warren's uh, son's name. And you see these uh, you you see the fruits of your labor. Uh, And it's you know, it it reminds you that there is more to this business than just the live nations and the AEGs. Mm-hmm. There are, there are a lot of people using music and using events and concerts to do good. Uh, and, you know, G4D productions is, is honored to be uh, involved in a lot of them on the national mall. And we did one for an organization called uh, Deborah uh, two weeks ago up at the cap theater. Um, but Christmas jam is, is the, is the, the is the one that really stands apart.
2: Do you do other fundraising type of events to benefit besides Christmas jam? Sure. Uh,
5: the one I just mentioned was uh, Deborah of America. Okay. It's for this uh, t- terrible disease that uh, affects about 20,000 kids a year. Um, Debraforamerica.org, I believe, is their website. We, we raised a lot of money for them at the Capitol Theater uh, in Port Chester a few weeks ago. Uh, we did the March for Science um, at the beginning of the year. We've done the last two, actually, on the... Um, on the National Mall, just uh, off the Washington Monument. Uh, we've been involved, uh, Pete and I, in the Earth Day shows for many years, and we're coming up on to the 50th anniversary, anniversary of uh, Earth Day. So, yeah, I mean, it, given the ability to do something that has a social component to it, or has a charity or fundraising component, as opposed to not, I mean, you know, we're we're there. We want to, you know, do this. You know, if there's somebody out there that you know, has an idea and and wants to do something for a worthy cause, get in touch. It's, it's what we love doing.
2: You're a wonderful soul, John Dindis. That's for damn sure. And I'm super glad that you took time out of your busy day to talk to me today, man. This has been a lot of fun and let's do this again, man. I I feel like we didn't scratch the surface.
5: Yeah. I mean, so much more to talk about. (laughs) So much uh, more we'll we'll start here and uh, you know we'll see how the series goes and uh, and then we can go from there.
2: <laughs> yes, you can call and brag anytime you want. Like I said earlier in the podcast that the Red Sox were the best team in baseball and they deserve this World Series. I'm saying that as a baseball fan.
5: All right. Well, you know, ho- hopefully we'll be talking about it in 2 weeks.
2: Yeah, and I don't want to see the Dodgers ever win. I don't want to see the Red Sox ever win too, but ugh, I don't. Don't get me started. But it's going to yeah, be good. It's going to be. It's evenly matched. That's what I like about the series. It is evenly matched. But I think the Red Sox one through nine hitters are a lot more dominant than the Dodgers one through nine.
5: I'm not breaking any news here, but I feel as if it will come down to middle relief. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's going to come down to. We're, we're going to hit. They're going to hit. Our starters are going to be okay if we can get through. You know, if Burke and those guys can get us through uh, six, seven, eight, um, I think we'll be fine. But Anyway, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. It was you. Uh, a lot of fun.
2: Plug your internet to your, your internet. Plug your website and your social medias if you want to.
5: Sure. It's uh, G4D, the number four, not the letter, G4DProductions.com. Uh, and it's also g 4 Productions on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, hit us up if uh, if you're looking to do something fun. Awesome. We're bro. good at it.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking to me. And let's do this again really soon, man. And, hey, Dindis, you ever need me, man. My bags are always packed for you, pal. So.
5: You you got a spot on my team anytime, man. We'll be talking for sure.
2: (laughs) Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Before we get out of here, I got to give some love and respect out to the sponsors. Of course, you got to give some love to the sponsors. In fact, our good friends at Nye Volkswagen in Rome are doing some pretty cool things with us. They're letting me take a car anytime I want. So I'm going to be taking a car next Wednesday, and we're going to do some coffee delivery to the local police departments. But we'll get into that in just a little bit. Stop into the showroom at 5865 Tabor Road in Rome and see why. All the customers love their nivy dub Mention the D, mention Disruption Network, mention EC Radio, the Baseline, the D-Line, all the programming we have here on Disruption Network, and receive $250 off any vehicle purchase. You can check out their inventory at ofrome.com Big ups to my boy, Mike Sacco. EJA Moving Company, the professional movers. Call them today at 315-335-0516. Competitively priced moving. Relocation services, office moves, complete packing and unpacking service they make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate hit them up online ejamoving.com let them break their back for you seriously let them do it that's what they're there for you don't have to touch your boxes let EJA move all your boxes for you don't break your back let those guys do it let Eddie do it that's that's what he does also we've got a benefit comedy show happening a couple days before veterans day it's happening Saturday November 10th the D presents Thank you for your service. You're welcome. It's a comedy fundraiser for the Central New York Veterans Outreach Center, and it's happening at Wakeley's, my old stopping ground, 700 Varick Street in Utica. EC fam, where you at? Come on out. Laugh your ass off. It's a free event. We're asking for donations for the Central New York Veterans Outreach Center. Donations going as far as clothes, supplies, non-perishable food items, toiletries, or small monetary donation at the door. Like I said, all the proceeds, all the supplies, all going to Central New York Veterans Outreach Center. Doors open at 7 o'clock. Show starts at 8. We've got some funny, funny comedians. Mike Ciccone, uh, Paul Kozlowski. Cortland Cluse and Michael Alfred Pelleggi, my producer, is going to be taking the stage doing his comedy skit be interesting to see what Pelleggi comes with I know it's going to be funny. The night's going to be hosted by our good friend Genesee Joe from 92.7 FM The Drive and DJ East One on the ones and twos, baby. It's all going down at Wakely Saturday, September or September. I wish it was September. Saturday, November the 10th. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. It's sponsored by our good friends at Nye Volkswagen, of Rome. Pauly's Barbershop, 92.7 FM The Drive, Frank's Guns, and CNY Seal Coating and Concrete. Tomorrow's show, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show tomorrow we got beside the sun great local band they're incredible you got to check them out they've actually only have one show under their belt right now but they're having their second one coming up on friday at 12 north they're going to come in A great band you might remember these guys from such bands as autumn fire mason's revolt well they've got uh, this new singer coming in from florida chris perez who has been on the show before amazing amazing talent amazing amazing band so get out there and show your support at 12 North this weekend. So we'll be talking to them. And then on Thursday, the doctor, Jerry Krause. My old running mate from WOUR will be in the house with me on Thursday talking about all the good things happening at the Stanley Theater. This weekend, the big gala is happening. The 90th anniversary of the Stanley Theater. It's happening this Friday. It's unbelievable that building's been standing for 90 years, but we're going to celebrate the theater this Friday with the gala. Classified's there. They got Opus One Black, and there's some DJs. It's just going to be an all-out party throughout the whole building of the Stanley. We're going to talk to Dr. Jerry Krause about that on Thursday. Also, sign Steinfeld's coming. Bob Dylan's coming. Vicky Benedetto's coming. They've got a lot of things happening at the Stanley, and uh, you guys should be out there supporting it because they got some good stuff out there. That's for damn sure. I want to remind everybody they can listen to this podcast and previous podcasts of VC Radio and all the content we have here on the D at DisruptionNetwork.net. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Twitch and subscribe to YouTube. We're pretty much everywhere. Give us a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. And Apple, iTunes, and podcasts, and Google Play, and Stitcher, and Spotify—you can pretty much you find us anywhere. That's what we do. We do that. So I'm gonna see you tomorrow, and then uh, stick around. Ease Beats and Biz <laughs> will be up right around eight o'clock. The best hip hop show in Central New York for sure. That's a, that's the truth right there. And I know their guest is Michelle classic from uh, the Steve fodder. So they're going to talk about their little party. They got going on Saturday night. Ease, beats and biz eight o'clock. You tune in. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: You know what the hell you're listening to. It's EC Radio.
2: Never
3: you mind what I'm making, you should spend some time taking a personal inventory of what you're doing for the betterment of society.
0: EC Radio. Only on the D. Help the D make strides against breast cancer by donating to our Real Men Wear Pink page, maine.acsevents.org backslash Utica. It's important for us as a whole to help raise awareness, education, and do our part to help fight this horrible disease. The Disruption Team will be raising funds at upcoming events and all our daily programming. Please support our cause by donating a few dollars to our Real Men Wear Pink page. To learn more, visit maine.acsevents.org backslash Utica or follow the donation link on our Facebook page. Help the D, save the bees, and put an end to breast
1: cancer. <laughs> Thank you for your service. You're welcome. A comedy benefit show for our veterans. In support of the Central New York Veterans Outreach Center. On November 10th at Wakely's, 700 Varick Street, Utica, join Disruption Network as a team up with 92.7 FM The Drive for this night of laughter. The evening will be hosted by Genesee Joe from The Drive. Performances by Mike Ciccone, Paul Kozlowski, Cortland Kloos, Mike Pileggi, and DJ Ease One. Admission is by donation only please bring clothes, socks, gloves, non-perishable food items, or a small monetary donation. All donations will go to the Central New York Veterans Outreach Center. Saturday, November 10th at Wakeley's on Varick Street. Doors open at 7 p.m. Show starts at 8 p.m. Thank you for your services. Sponsored by the D, 92.7 FM The Drive, Barber Barbershop, Nye Volkswagen of Rome, Frank's Guns, and Central New York Seal Coating and Concrete.
2: So you just bought your dream home, and now it's time to move. Let's face it, nobody likes to move. All the packing, unpacking, lifting, upstairs, downstairs, and broken everything, including your back. Let the professionals at EJA Moving Company take all the stress and pain out of your move. Competitively priced moving relocation services, office moves, and complete packing and unpacking services. They work with everybody to make it simple and easy for you to move and relocate. Call EJA Moving Company at 315-335-0516. When it's time to relocate, have EJA Moving do all the work for you. Hit them up online at ejamoving.com.
3: Hey, Disruption Network. This is Mike Sacco, the general manager at Nye Volkswagen of Rome. If you don't know me by name, it's only because you have not received the best deal. There's only one reason to leave Utica, and that's to come see me in Rome and get the best deal on your next new, pre-owned, or certified VW. Mention that you heard this ad from Disruption Network and receive $250 off your next vehicle purchase. You'll know why our customers say, I love my Nye VW. Come see us at 5865 Rome Tabor Road in Rome or visit us online at nivwofrome.com.
4: The Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley was born when three top producing agents with over 25 years of combined experience selling real estate joined forces to take real estate to the next level. We practice with honesty, integrity, and the knowledge to help make the buying and selling process easy and stress-free for all of our clients. We pledge to always make our clients our top priority from start to finish and even after the house is closed. We will always be a valued resource for information and assistance for our buyers and sellers. Our customers over the years have become not only past clients, but great friends. As we join hands together as the Property Sisters of the Mohawk Valley, we look forward to serving our clients and our community and making a positive difference. You can reach us at 315-601-9630 for all of your real estate needs.
0: The Disruption Network is making moves. For upcoming events, news, interviews, and new daily programming, keep in the loop with us at DisruptionNetwork.net. Like, follow, and subscribe to all our social media. And check out all our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Get up on the D. DisruptionNetwork.net Only on the
5: D!